July 7th marked the 14th year anniversary of a game so important to my life, I felt like I had to share it. Hey guys, it's Greg of the Stephen Greg Podcast, It's Not About Shoes, and I really wanted to gush today. Papa Squat, let Uncle Greggins tell you of a story. It was Christmas of 2000, and I'd just gotten a copy of Final Fantasy VIII for Christmas from my uncle. Originally, he got it for me because he was a huge fan of the series and figured I enjoyed it, because he had a co-worker who said who loved it, said there were some funny things that I would enjoy, and nah, nah, I, I really did not enjoy eight until I was a lot older and more mature to understand the really dumb, stupid time travel storyline. But a few months later, he came over and let me borrow the next installment, thinking it would be more my taste, and oh yeah, he was right. To the point that he regretted it, because I played this game back to back, Four times in a row. This is a 40-hour game. That's 160 hours of my life just gone. Final Fantasy IX was a huge part of my childhood because it came out around the time I started to crave more from video games. I mean, I love me some old-school platformers and mindless shooters and hack and slashems and a bunch of really dumb stuff. But I felt like I was missing out on a story. And a cartoony hedgehog can only do so much before he turns into band-aids and long legs. But then Final Fantasy IX came into my life, and it's easily made me the person I am today. See, what FF9 brought to the table was something I could get sucked into. You get this wonderful opening cutscene as the Prima Vista flies towards the huge city of Alexandria, this wonderful melody that entices your curiosity and amazement as this freaking flying ship is cruising through the clouds like water. It's a beautiful world-building scene that introduces our main heroine and her thoughts on the current situation and then shifts to our leading man as he's jumping around the, the ship and just being a genuine goofball. Who are these two characters? One looks like a princess. Why she looks so sad? Then who's this Shakespearean dude leaping around? Does he live on the ship? What I admired about this game now that I've played every number title in the series is that although nine had eight pairs of shoes to fill in, it never really wanted to feel like it was replacing any of the games in the series. Rather than retreading too much of old territories, nine started to walk on its own path and made itself not a homage, but its own force in the series. It didn't want to be the next groundbreaking game. It didn't want to be the most pulse-pounding, the biggest plot-twisting game, the biggest action sequences. It wanted to be itself. And this is why I love video games. The major motif in this game is being yourself. And although you've had some rough patches and your attitude may benefit or harm the team, you are who you choose to be. This is greatly shown in the eight major characters who each have a theme that represents their character growth. Zidane represents virtue, Vivi represents sorrow, Steiner represents dilemma, and so on. We get to experience the drive and growth of eight unique and likable characters who wish to do what is right and to fight for their individuality. Final Fantasy IX showed me that video games are not just something that's made because you want to shoot fireballs in some wizard's stupid face. Video games are an art form. They take the best parts of film, music, story writing, you name it, and it makes you the most important and most involved person in the adventure. Although you have a delightful cast of characters that drive the story, it's you, the player, that directly involves who gets what equipment, what abilities to use, and who to put into your party. 
you become a part of the story. And when something bad happens to one of your characters, you feel it because it's you. You are the characters of the story, and their conflicts affect you as a player. It's got a wonderful soundtrack that I still listen to. I mean, I have this entire soundtrack with its plus edition and the piano collection. Nobuo Uematsu, the main composer of all the Final Fantasy games leading up to 10, dedicated the most time to the soundtrack by actually spending a whole year in Europe just checking out these old Celtic and old Germaic ruins of castles and getting this overall feel of what a medieval universe should sound like. But at the same time, he kept it modern. I mean, there's a unique track for almost every single scene. Every character has their own theme songs that played during certain important scenes. Some great ones are whenever Amaranth is being an asshole, you get this slow-moving, man-with-no-name, cowboy-esque song going in the background. And then with Vivi, you get this character who's just so full of wonderment and just curiosity, and he's like, what is happening in this world? And the great thing is there's also variations of their themes. So Vivi has his main theme, but then a certain scene happens actually not too far into the game, where Vivi starts to contemplate his own existence and his theme is altered to his current mindset. And that's just crazy kinds of awesome because it really develops the scene. It sets you into it and you know who it's about. The main battle theme is whimsical and engaging. It sounds like you're on this big old adventure for doing the right thing. And we're like, yeah, we're gonna do it. We're a team, we're awesome. We're gonna take down this bad guy because we know that no monster can stand in our way. And then the boss theme comes in and it's just so dark and powerful. And you feel intimidated whenever a boss appears. The story is a Shakespearean romp from its witty dialogue, strong themes of forbidden love, and it's just so self-aware of how silly it can be. But don't think this game is just sunshine and lollipops. It's also surprisingly dark. You got the themes of self-discovery from Vivi to a freaking genocide of an entire race of people. I mean, this game spends its first half destroying every major civilization, and you watch people in the millions die from war. And they, and they aren't just getting killed by, like, swords and spears. Oh, no. This is a fantasy world. They're getting killed by giant, scary, frickin' monsters. The worst part is, some of these guys are killed by summon monsters that you have. And that's terrifying. When you gain the ability to summon some of these creatures that were used in these cutscenes, you understand that you have to use them for the right reason because you saw what happens when you have power in the wrong hands. And, oh, it's just so good. It's a beautiful game. It's got fully rendered backgrounds and character models that are all unique. Very few recycled NPC characters. Hell, I can only name like two enemies in the entire game that were recolors. Everything else has its own unique design and model that moves very differently and very fluidly. It's that in depth. And there's actually a lot of stuff to do. It's got so many fun side quests that I just can't help but just be a part of whenever I play this game. The sword fight between Blank and Zidane in their performance at Alexandria is forever burned into my mind because it's so involving to the plot and it's also really fun to do. You're part of an action scene in a play. Doesn't that sound really cool? 
you're doing a sword fight with your friend, and it's so cool. I mean, yeah, it, nowadays it's not as exciting, but when you're 10 years old, you're like, oh man, this is so sick. Because of this game, I appreciate all forms of games and what they want to do. From silly little iOS games that make me part of a space team to a side-scrolling platformer that just gives me a goal to reach at the end, massive sandboxes that let me do whatever I want from like killing people who give me quests to making frickin' potions, to a silly little fantasy of cartoony people who fight to save the world from a man in spandex. The game isn't perfect, but nobody really is, and that's why I am proud to say that Final Fantasy IX is my all-time favorite game and it's the most important game in my library. Happy birthday to every single track in this score. Happy birthday to the wonderful character design and color schemes. Happy birthday to an engaging plot chocked full of Final Fantasy goodness. Happy birthday to the weirdest cast of characters who are okay with themselves and don't mind if you aren't because they'll always be weird and it suits them just fine. Happy birthday to the worst boss steal rate in RPGs ever. Happy birthday to a well-crafted villain with real goals and ambitions, but with the worst character design ever. Happy birthday to a limit break system that doesn't do what you want, but it's okay because it's not that useful anyway unless you suck at this game. Happy birthday to a main character who was so confident in himself that it made his journey all the more enjoyable. Happy birthday to a simplistic leveling system because Square wanted to apologize for the abomination that is the junction system of eight. Happy birthday to all the little scenes, like the love letter scene that made bitter rival Steiner and Beatrix fall head over heels for each other, the opening theater performance, and the use of stage magic that does no damage in battle, but it looks really cool and it makes all the people watching it like, oh my god, this show is crazy. Amaranth's jaded past as a bodyguard is super cool. Kuina harassing the townsfolk to eat a baby chocobo egg. Happy birthday, Final Fantasy IX. Here's to 14 more years together. Although I shrug you off every now and again, or start to replay you and put you down to play some new crazy HD light show. You always have a seat in my heart with your name engraved in gold. It reclines, someone gets you drinks, and you don't need to tip because, hey, it's on the house, just for you. The games there come and go. Some seem familiar, some are new, some are really, really weird, but I will always have a place for you. Happy birthday. Now that Steve and I are back on the wagon, ready for more podcasty goodness, hit us up on our links. Where are they? Why, in the description, of course, silly. Go to our Facebook and Twitter and like and subscribe so you can keep up to date with all of our big dumb reviews and gush fests. And if you like this, then why don't you listen to Steve's Valiant Hearts review? It's pretty kick-ass. Or if you want to hear the two of us chatting together, we just reviewed Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Spoiler alert, it's amazing. If you've never experienced Final Fantasy IX, do it for me. It's only 10 bucks on PSN, and you can play it on your handhelds or on your Sony boxes. That's all the mushiness you'll get from me for a while. I'm Greg of the Steve and Greg podcast that's not about shoes, signing off. <laughs>